Hey friends, and welcome to day number 38 of Bible in the Year with Pastor Steve. Today we are at the midweek point. This is a great place to be as it means we're gaining momentum in reading God's Word together, and we were preparing for rest, which is soon on the horizon. As you know, the Bible in the Year reading plan goes from Monday through Friday, and we take a little bit of a break on Saturday and Sunday. But of course, you should still be trying to read God's Word each day. And maybe, maybe going back and meditating on what we learned throughout the week together. Well, today the reading plan suggests Numbers 20 through 22, Psalm 38, and Proverb 7. I will be reading by way of this podcast Numbers 20 and 22. You should read 21 on your own and check out that Psalm and Proverb as well. As always, I'll be using the World English Bible, the web translation, but you're welcome to use any translation that you have on hand or are comfortable with. If you need the Bible in a Year reading plan, please click the link that's in the show notes and you can download the PDF there and see what all the daily recommended readings are. Friends, I'm just so happy to be here with you this day and building this habit together of finding God in God's holy word. So today, let us jump right into God's Word without any further ado. Numbers chapter 20 The children of Israel, even the whole congregation, came into the wilderness of Zin in the first month. The people stayed in Kadesh. Miriam died there and was buried there. There was no water for the congregation, and they assembled themselves together against Moses and against Aaron. The people quarreled with Moses and spoke, saying, We wish that we had died when our brothers died before Yahweh. Why have you brought Yahweh's assembly into this wilderness that we should die there? We and our animals. We have, why have you made us to come up out of Egypt to bring us to this evil place? It is no place of seed or of figs or of vines or of pomegranates. Neither is there any water to drink. Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly to the door of the tent of meeting and fell on their faces. Yahweh's glory appeared to them. Yahweh spoke to Moses, saying, Take the rod and assemble the congregation, you and Aaron, your brother, and speak to the rock before their eyes, that it will pour out its water. You shall bring water to them out of the rock. You shall give the congregation and their livestock drink. Moses took the rod from before Yahweh as he commanded him. Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together before the rock, and he said to them, Hear now, you rebels, shall we bring water out of this rock for you? Moses lifted up his hand and struck the rock with the rod twice, and water came out abundantly. The congregation and their livestock drank. Yahweh said to Moses and Aaron, Because you didn't believe in me to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore you shall not bring this assembly into the land which I have given them. These are the waters of Meribah, because the children of Israel strove with Yahweh, and he was sanctified in them. Moses sent messengers from Kadesh to the king of Edom, saying, Your brother Israel says, You know all the travail that has happened to us, how our fathers went down into Egypt, and we lived in Egypt a long time. The Egyptians mistreated us and our fathers. When we cried to Yahweh, he heard our voice, sent an angel, and brought us out of Egypt. 
Behold, we are in Kadesh, a city, in the edge of your border. Please let us pass through your land. We will not pass through field or through vineyard, neither will we drink from the water of the wells. We will go along the king's highway. We will not turn away to the right hand or to the left until we have passed your border. Edom said to him, You shall not pass through me, lest I come out with the sword against you. The children of Israel said to him, We will go up by the highway, and if we drink your water, I and our livestock, then I will give its price. Only let me, without doing anything else, pass through on my feet. He said, You shall not pass through. Edom came out against him with many people and with a strong hand. Thus Edom refused to give Israel passage through the border. So Israel turned away from him. They traveled from Kadesh, and the children of Israel, even the whole congregation, came to Mount Hor. Yahweh spoke to Moses and Aaron in Mount Hor by the border of the land of Edom, saying, Aaron shall be gathered to his people, for he shall not enter into the land which I have given to the children of Israel, because you rebelled against my word at the waters of Meribah. Take Aaron and Eleazar his son, and bring them up to Mount Hor, and strip Aaron of his garments, and put them on Eleazar his son. Aaron shall be gathered, and shall die there. Moses did as Yahweh commanded. They went up onto Mount Hor in the sight of all the congregation. Moses stripped Aaron of his garments, and put them on Eleazar his son. Aaron died there on top of the mountain, and Moses and Eleazar came down from the mountain. When all the congregation saw that Aaron was dead, they wept for Aaron thirty days, even all the house of Israel. Numbers chapter 22 The children of Israel traveled and encamped in the plains of Moab beyond the Jordan at Jericho. Balak the son of Zippor saw all that Israel had done to the Amorites. Moab was very afraid of the people because they were many. Moab was distressed because of the children of Israel. Moab said to the elders of Midian, Now this multitude will lick up all that is around us, as the ox licks up the grass of the field. Balak the son of Zippor was king of Moab at the time. He sent messengers to Balaam the son of Beor, to Pethor, which is by the river, to the land of the children of his people, to call him, saying, Behold, there is a people who came out of Egypt. Behold, they cover the surface of the earth, and they are staying opposite me. Please come now, therefore, and curse this people for me, for they are too mighty for me. Perhaps I shall prevail, that we may strike them, and that I may drive them out of the land. For I know that he whom you bless is blessed, and he whom you curse is cursed. The elders of Moab and the elders of Midian departed with the rewards of divination in their hand. They came to Balaam. And spoke to him the words of Balak. He said to them, Lodge here this night, and I will bring you word again, as Yahweh shall speak to me. The princes of Moab stayed with Balaam. God came to Balaam and said, Who are these men with you? Balaam said to God, Balak the son of Zippor, king of Moab, has said to me, Behold, these people that have come out of Egypt cover the surface of the earth. Now come, curse them for me. Perhaps I shall be able to fight against them and drive them out. God said to Balaam, You shall not go with them. You shall not curse the people, for they are blessed. Balaam rose up in the morning and said to the prince of Balak, Go to your land, for Yahweh refuses to permit me to go with you. 
the prince of Moab rose up and they sent Balak and said, Balaam refuses to come with us. Balak again sent princes more and more honorable than they. They came to Balaam and said to him, Balak the son of Zippor says, Please let nothing hinder you from coming to me, for I will promote you to very great honor, and whatever you say to me I will do. Perhaps come therefore and curse the people for me. Balaam answered the servants of Balak, If Balak would give me his house full of silver and gold, I can't go beyond the word of Yahweh my God to do less or more. Now therefore stay here tonight as well, that I may know what else Yahweh will speak to me. God came to Balaam at night and said, If the men have come to you, rise up with them. But only the word which I speak to you, that you should do. Balaam rose up in the morning and saddled his donkey and went with the princes of Moab. God's anger burned because he went, and Yahweh's angel placed himself in the way as an adversary against him. Now he was riding on his donkey, and his two servants were with him. The donkey saw Yahweh's angel standing in the way, with the sword drawn in his hand, and the donkey turned out of the path and went into the field. Balaam struck the donkey to turn her into the path. Then Yahweh's angels stood in the narrow path between the vineyards, a wall being on this side and a wall on that side. The donkey saw Yahweh's angel, and she thrust herself to the wall and crushed Balaam's foot against the wall. He struck her again. Yahweh's angel went further and stood in a narrow place where there was no way to turn either to the right hand or to the left. The donkey saw Yahweh's angel, and she lay down under Balaam. Balaam's anger burned, and he struck the donkey with his staff. Yahweh opened the mouth of the donkey, and she said to Balaam, What have I done to you that you have struck me these three times? Balaam said to the donkey, Because you have mocked me, I wish there were a sword in my hand, for now I would have killed you. The donkey said to Balaam, Am I not your donkey, on which you have ridden all your life long until this day? Was I ever in the habit of doing so to you? He said, No. Then Yahweh opened the eyes of Balaam, and he saw Yahweh's angel standing in the way with his sword drawn in his hand, and he bowed his head and fell on his face. Yahweh's angel said to him, Why have you struck your donkey these three times? Behold, I have come out as an adversary because your way is perverse before me. The donkey saw me and turned away before me these three times. Unless she had turned away from me, surely now I would have killed you and saved her alive. Balaam said to Yahweh's angel, I have sinned, for I didn't know that you stood in the way against me. Now therefore, if it displeases you, I will go back again. Yahweh's angel said to Balaam, Go with the men, but you shall only speak the word that I shall speak to you. So Balaam went with the princes of Balak. When Balak heard that Balaam had come, he went out to meet with him in the city of Moab which is on the border of Arnon, which is in the utmost part of the border. Balak said to Balaam, Didn't I earnestly send for you to summon you? Why didn't you come to me? Am I not able indeed to promote you to honor? Balaam said to Balak, Behold, I have come to you. Have I now any power at all to speak anything? I will speak the word that God puts in my mouth. Balaam went with Balak, and they came to Kiriath-Huzoth, Balak sacrificed cattle and sheep and sent to Balaam and to the princes who were with him. In the morning, Balak took Balaam and brought him up 
into the high places of Baal, and he saw from there part of the people. Dear God, we ask that you would send forth your Holy Spirit to open our hearts and our minds and our souls that we might receive your truth freely as we delve into these passages which we have read. Lord, be with us, guide us, order our steps, and apply this truth in our lives so that we might bring you honor and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, today, friends, we see the Israelites in a very thirsty place. This should hearken back or jog to your memory. Uh, Exodus chapter 17, it's the same story, just uh, retold here. It's uh, another time in which Israel griped. Now we know that this happens immediately after uh, the sins of Korah are dealt with and uh, Korah and those others are swallowed up in the land. And the people are like, well, we wish we would have gotten swallowed up with them or burnt alive like the others because you know what? We are thirsty. We've got no water. This is not the place, uh, the land filling, the land flowing with milk and honey that we heard of. Just, Lord, just take us away from this inconvenience. And of course, you know, the people of Israel should have realized that God has been with them all along since Egypt, providing for them the manna, the quail, shelter, giving order and direction, protecting them by night in the column of fire and the column of smoke by day. But yet here they are grumbling again. As a matter of fact, the grumbling earned the, the place that they were, Meribah, because they always grumbled against God. So here, what happens is uh, God tells Moses, take the staff and go to the rock that I've directed you to and say to the rock, give me water, basically, right? And water will come out and you'll be able to quench the thirst of all the people and the cattle and uh, everyone else who needs some water, right? But what does Moses do? He goes, takes the rod, and he strikes the rock twice. Notice that God did not tell him to strike the rock. Because of this, because of his disobedience, there is a consequence. And that is, he and Aaron will not be able to go into the promised land with the people. As a matter of fact, later on, we see that Aaron is to go to the top of the mountain and take off his ephod and give it to his son. And at that point, he dies. God says, this is the will. Aaron's going to die, and Moses, you are too. You're not going to be able to go into that promised land. But Joshua is going to lead the younger generation into that place. So that's where we are with the story of the water in the rock. And of course, it should bring to mind uh, another picture. That is Jesus as the fount of living water, right? That flows out of Jesus to provide salvation to all who will drink of it. As a matter of fact, later on in the letter to the Corinthians, Paul says that that rock was Jesus, that the people of Israel drank from the spiritual waters, from that spiritual rock. How awesome is that? All throughout the Old Testament, we see that Christ is, is hidden in each of these different aspects and that because of that, the Bible is a unified story that is revealing Christ. Christ is the divine initiative, the divine person, the second person of the Trinity that would come and deal 
with the errors and the sins and everything else that started from the very beginning with Adam and Eve and their disobedience and spiraled out of control from Genesis now, even through Numbers and beyond. Jesus is the rock that will establish the kingdom. You'll notice also that as the Israelites are moving from place to place here, now they're uh, asking to cross through uh, the territory of Edom. Now, you might remember the story of, of Isaac's sons, Jacob and Esau, who uh, had a little bit of a, a spat or some sort of sibling rivalry. Jacob convinced his brother Esau to sell him the birthright, right? Jacob was the secondborn, not the firstborn. Convinced Esau to sell him the birthright in exchange for a little bowl of stew. And that created some jealousy, right? Some enmity between them. And then later on, when when Isaac was on his deathbed and it was customary to give a blessing to the firstborn, well, Jacob pulled the wool over his eyes again and received the blessing in place of Esau. Now, the descendants of Esau are the Edomites. And as you can imagine, the enmity was passed down through the family tree. And now when Israel, right, the descendants of Jacob, wanted to come pass through their land as a convenience, they said, no, right? There's that enmity that continues on and it will continue to go forward as we read through the Bible. Now, in Numbers chapter 22, we're skipping over 21 here for this podcast. We see a a fun story of Balak and Balaam. The king of Moab was a little intimidated because the Israelites were covering the surface of the earth, kind of brings to mind the Abrahamic covenant, right? The promise of God to multiply the descendants of Abraham so that they were as numerous as the sands, uh, the grains of sand, right? That are on the beach or the number of the stars in the sky. Uh, He's intimidated. So he asks his servant to go and try to intimidate them, to curse them so that he might have victory over them or at least convince them to run away. So ultimately, uh, the plan is to have this guy named Balaam go and deliver the curse, um, but God's will is for that not to happen. So what does God do is he sends an angel to meet Balaam on his way to go do this thing, and the angel is standing with sword uh, unsheathed, ready to strike down Balaam to take him out, right? And the donkey sees this angel, but Balaam does not. So the donkey resists one times, two times, three times. He gets struck, right? Beat by Balaam because of the disobedience. And then finally, God opens the donkey's mouth. And the donkey's like, what the heck are you doing to me? Have I ever done this to you before that I should deserve something like this? And Balaam says, oh, excuse me, no. Um, but what, why doesn't he ask, you know, how are you talking, right? He doesn't, he doesn't do that. He just actually answers the donkey. There's an angel here, and I've spared you. God opens the eyes of Balaam, and he sees, and he falls down, and is like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. Then the angel responds by saying, hey, go ahead and go at these men, but only say the words that I tell you, right? These are the words that God gave me to give to you. Only say these things when you get to them. So Balaam continues on the journey to meet the king of Moab. 
and we'll have to wait until tomorrow to see how that all shakes out because we're not covering chapter 23 today, but hey, you're welcome to read on if you'd like, but we'll talk about it some more tomorrow. Well, friends, I hope that you enjoyed today's podcast, and if you did enjoy it, I ask that you share this with a friend, invite them to come along the journey as well. Uh, If you are enjoying it, also consider hitting subscribe on your listening platform of choice, as that does help me get the word out that the Bible in your reading plan exists. It'll show up more uh, ranked priority in the search results. You know how those things work these days. Um, So I would greatly appreciate that. And I hope that you have a very blessed rest of your day and look forward to seeing you again tomorrow. God bless.